0: From Suffolk County, New York, this program is sponsored in part by WUSB, Long Island's largest non commercial free form radio station. Check them out at 90.1 FM or online at WUSB.FM. Previously on Writers Come Ice Cream. My name is Howard Gunston, and I want to be a writer when I grow up.
1: I am sorry to say, I don't think it's one for me. Star Wars, The Rebirth.
0: Describe the experience of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. Cure for all ales. What's been that experience like, trying to sell the merch? Um, that is a learning experience. Look at yours just sitting there. It's a like, flounder. Oh, hey, a chance. How about yeah, now? You don't know me. You don't. But it's not bad. But what if he had published traditionally? Would pushing the goods be any easier? <laughs> This is Writer's Comma Ice Cream, a weekly craft talk where a pair of scribblers risk brain freeze to answer one question, what's it take to be a writer?
1: The whole time Nicole and I were growing up, my uncle, who essentially became our own fairy godfather, would take my sister and me to the movies to see the latest Disney feature. This is Robert Hallowell, reading from his debut novel, A Way Back to Then. Later I realized the hard way that real life wasn't all castles and singing flatware. My life ended up becoming one big fractured fairy tale, and I just recently picked up the last piece in order to start crazy-gluing it all back together. Disney never makes movies about those kind of stories.
0: It's a gay romance novel about Robbie DeCaro, a man nursing a broken heart and a fractured spirit, who's certain that happily ever after is the empty promise of fairy tales. So let's talk a little bit about how um, A Way Back to Then came to be. Because what's interesting about this is that um, you're actually carrying on, your debut novel is actually carrying on a world Mm -hmm. that's Part of a series that like some, another author had like born to life.
1: Exactly, exactly. My friend John Good, his his series is called Tales from Foster High. And what happened was, I think it's about three years, three years ago. I read his first book because it was suggestion. It was a suggestion on Amazon.com. It's like, hey, you read this really bad book, but maybe you like may like <laughs> this one, which is actually pretty good. And I was like, all right, let me try. And it was in the um, LGBT YA section of Amazon. And I was like, alright, let me try this. And I read it, and I was like, wow, this is really, really good. These characters are really relatable. It up being like real-life issues, and the whole entire ser- series in general still, uh, deals with bullying and teen suicide and a lot of issues that are, unfortunately, still relevant today. So... I did like any good fangirl would do, and I tweeted John, and I was like, oh my God, your book is amazing, blah, 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 blah. Not thinking that I was gonna get any response back. Cut to, we had a Twitter conversation for weeks back and forth, and then we became friends on Facebook. So that's pretty much the way that it happened. So um, he then was writing the fourth installment of the series and said, I have an idea for a character, and um, his name is going to be Robbie and he's going to somewhat be loosely based on you, and I was like, well, that sounds like the best idea in the whole entire galaxy. Who Thank would not so want a character exactly. named after? Exactly. Where's my royalty check? <laughs> it was just a really kind of cool thing to be behind the scenes, to see behind the curtain of like how somebody's thought pattern and writing process works, mm. and so lo and behold, the book came out. People really dug the character, and he was in another couple of Books after that, and then he said, I'm going to write out this character. And I was like, Well, that's terrible. He's like, No, actually the publisher wants him to have his own story, his own book, and I don't think that I should write it. I think you should do it. And I was like, What are you talking about? What's interesting about that is the
0: publisher (laughs) like making that decision because this is a YA series, and the and the character is not like YA age. I mean the character's Mm -mm. you know, early thirties. No, yeah. Listener, this doesn't happen every day. Authors don't give up their own characters for someone else's career. Publishers don't go throwing around contracts for their successful franchises at unproven novelists. And they definitely don't make a habit of spinning an adult character out of a YA world. Maybe it helped that Rob had published a short story a couple years earlier. Certainly it helped that Dream Spinner's powerhouse author John Good vouched for him. However he got there, Robert Hallowell, was where I dream of being. A bona fide publishing house was about to give him that one chance I covet. And as if that wasn't challenging enough, he needed to do it with the weight of a series on his shoulders. And it's a series with its own precious, passionate fan base. No pressure. You've, I mean, you've written before this, you've written a, a short story that had been published as part of an yes. anthology, and and, yes. and and then this was your first novel. Yeah, And I'm wondering, was it which one was more daunting to do because and the first one it's your first one out of the gate and it's your sure. characters but this one you've got like someone else's characters yeah. and it's a larger project yeah. um, was this easier having done the other project or was this more challenging i'm wondering how that was this
1: this was this was this was really difficult. It was—I don't want to say it was really difficult, but it was. But you just—it did. It was just harder. Yeah, I know. I just you did. Just sorry, things. we're not editing. So I know. It's fine. Um, Jane. Jane. Jane.
0: <laughs> Jane. Jane. All right. Thanks. <laughs> He's now Jane. Yes. <laughs>
1: Jane. Jane. You're a lesbian Oscar winner. <laughs> Who cares? That's good. That's good. Um, so, um, it was. Those, those things that I wrote that were published were actually written years before I actually – they were published in the anthology. So it was like, yeah, sure, here, take this, and then I'm reading it back. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many mistakes. So then this was like I have these characters, and I don't want to screw up people's vision of what this character is, even though it's very loosely based on me. It's like, but I don't want the people who like this character, <laughs> which – Some people it's like, I don't understand why John didn't write this book. Why did he use a different pseudonym? And I'm like, pseudonym? I'm like, what? No, it's
0: me. I was actually really surprised. Uh, I mean, you have an outstanding Goodreads rating. I mean, it's over like four stars. But um, I was surprised by a lot of those comments. I mean, the the comments normally turn themselves around. But even just the fact that people had that thought, like, to me, this is not that crazy that different authors on a series. But this was actually... Potentially very traumatic for some readers as they first started. Like, oh, are yeah, you no. going to screw up these characters that I love? Very,
1: and then that—that's—that's that's what I thought. And it was just—it was that whole entire thing too that there was this built-in fan base that was like pretty international. That it was very daunting. That it was like I had to take those characters, but then take this one character that was essentially quotation marks me, and then add more characters and still make the story interesting and still flow and not screw up the wibbly wobbly time you know, timeline because it really would have thrown off people and I didn't want to do that to him and I didn't want the publisher to be like, thanks for, you know, letting us take a chance on this guy who's never really written a full-fledged novel and you screwed it up. Ha ha, you know, you're fired. I don't know they were going to do that to him, right. but, but it was, it was very, very daunting.
0: Rob says this time was not just daunting, but very, very daunting. That means it's worth spending a bit of time here. Even though he was working on his debut novel, Rob was no stranger to the publishing business because of that short story anthology. But this time was different. This time, it was someone else's money on the line. You published through a traditional means. It's an actual publisher, mm-hmm. um, and your writing, working with them to kind of come to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that experience like? Because you also had the experience of being more like self-published before sure. with that anthology, so... Mm-hmm. Did they did the manuscript change a lot during the the process oh, yeah. of working with them? what was that like? It did it did um,
1: I mean when the self-published thing was kind of I had to do my own editing I had to send it I had gave it to like one or two of my friends to like read and and do whatever and there were still mistakes that like then when I read it the final thing and I was like, oh why is the in there three times in one sentence whatever you know. But with this, thanks to John and kicking the door open with Anne and Dream Sprinter Press, um, there was an actual editing team that I would ed- that I would send um, that I sent the entire thing to. And it came back like four times with from four different editors. You know that process is a little weird, especially if you get an editor who's never read anything that has anything to do with the like you know.
0: Is that what happened? They weren't That's familiar pretty, yeah, with the a series? Lot, a lot of them
1: were not. Uh, well, Not all of them. So you had them, like so more than one editor reading this? Yeah. See, yeah. I know none of this. Yeah, no, no. It was weird. It was weird. Like, Anne, Anne, Anne read Anne, who's head show at Dream Spinner. She read through it and then was like, okay, we'll buy it. Then she's like, and then we're going to put it in the editing process. And whoever. Now, did you get who, a phone
0: call with that? Like, how does that? I got or an you, email, did you get an email? Like, I got an email. Yo, here's your contract. We're going to buy Here it. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty okay. much, yeah. I cried, <laughs> so I cried because I was like, okay. I was like, oh my god! I was like, oh crap! Now it's got to be good, you know? <laughs> it's got to be publishable. This is real. Yeah, this is like really real. And I'm like, money? What? <laughs> Never seen that because the self published ones I got like three dollars I think for the past three days. I mean, three years, <laughs> like every quarter, two fifty, <laughs> split seven ways. Um wait, I'm confused. Um, so. This was this was a completely different process. I was like, wow, this is like hardcore because she gets that first edit done. She's like, all right, I like the story. I like where it's going to go. It fits in. That's great. We want to get it from you. Okay, fine. Right. So then it goes through the first thing. And then in the meantime, they're going through that. You're getting it back. You're trying to send.
0: Trying when they send you the everything. revisions, do they give you, like, you have to do, you have to get it back to us by, like, October 15th oh, yeah, no no or yeah, something? Yeah, within,
1: usually within, like, a week or two, they want, like, all the revisions. And, like, when you go, just like, when you open up a Word document and it says, you know, somebody so-and-so changed everything. Right. It's like, <laughs> at 2,450, I'm like, ah. But some of it was just just formatting, really, was a lot of it. But then a lot of it was just, I think you missed a word. Because sometimes when you're writing something, you just forget half of the sentence. And you're like, what? You didn't know what I was talking about?
0: My dad had this disease where he would leave words out when he was writing, but then when he would read it back to you, suddenly the word was there that's not there on paper. Sometimes I have that disease, too. Oh, uh, that's okay. So an editor would help with that, mm-hmm. I think.
1: that. Yeah, it was a lot of that. And then it was, you know, one editor and one edit would come back, I would send it back. I would call John up and be like, what the hell does this mean? What do you you mean? Why are they trying to change my whole entire thing? That was just kind of like the craziness. And then it went back to a different person, and then it came back. So it was like a fresh set of eyes every time it
0: came back. Did you find it valuable having the fresh set of eyes each time? It
1: was. It was because the first, the second person caught stuff that the first person didn't, and then the third and and fourth. And then there were some times that I was like, oh, I meant to say this instead of that. between the edits, and then it was like trying to figure out the cover design, and then doing all. How that long does
0: the whole revision process take? The revision, I think they
1: started in, I would say December, January, and then it was pretty much done by like May. Mm. Because I mean, it takes it takes a little bit for them to get back, and because there's there's so many books coming into their their mailboxes, basically. It's so it's like you know, and I was, you know, I'm first time debut novel like I'm on the bottom of the totem pole which is like okay you know they're not they're gonna do the people that obviously have established have have like actually established not me like hi (laughs) the new little freshman on board but
0: they still I mean I was when you were mentioning last time about Mm. you actually had a lot of input on the cover which is somewhat atypical for a debut novelist especially but novelists in general I mean they always talk about how yeah they don't really get much, they'll get maybe opinions, but maybe they'll listen to those opinions yeah. or not. But you really kind of drove yeah, the was, creative direction of that cover. It
1: was, yeah. And I mean, it was, it was kind of nice. That was kind of cool. And that actually happened like a week before the book actually came out. It was like, like crazy. It was just like, do this, do this. Oh, okay, fine. But ended up settling on it and it was awesome. And now the cover is the bell jar from Beauty and the Beast um, with the rose in it with a nice crack and a band-aid because that's really what, That's really what the book is about, is that the fairy tale is still there, but it's broken somehow. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not much, this little Band-Aid is the only thing keeping it all together from breaking apart all over again.
0: Listener, in some ways, Rob's experience hues closely with Matt's series. Although Matt self-published with Silverwood Books, he chose them because of the resources they brought to the table. They, too, offered editorial advice. They, too, let him drive the cover design. Two different authors, two different worlds of publishing, two professionally printed books in search of readers. The stage is set for the million dollar question. Do traditionally published authors have it any easier? What's been your experience with now having a publisher back you and getting mm-hmm. this book to print? Um, what's been the experience getting the book to sell and moving moving the merch? Moving the merch. It's interesting. I mean, you
1: have what they do is they have a fantastic graphics department, and then they like, all right, here's your new Facebook header, here's your new Facebook picture, and all this other stuff. And they really market like, I know on sale. It's like, oh, and also here's the other thing: if you want to print out bookmarks, people can print these out. So it's it's kind of like that, and it's kind of it is kind of a grassroots kind of a thing that you start out that yes, you have this publisher, but. You gotta work, and you gotta do your thing. You gotta, you gotta tweet. You gotta Instagram. You gotta MySpace and Friendster. You know all that fun stuff. Um, and you gotta use giving MySpace some love. Exactly. And the you actually step.
0: it published this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In June that came out. Yeah, I was in Disney, actually. Ironically enough, I was in Disney when the that's book dropped. That's actually so fitting. Yes. And you, I was going to be our guest restaurant, which is the fabulous restaurant in Magic Kingdom that's based upon Beauty and the Beast, which is my favorite movie of all time. So, um, yeah, that was
0: yeah, it was really... Rob, that's an awesome story right it there. It was, yeah.
1: And I was, but it was funny because um, my publisher, Dream Spinner, wanted me to go on their Facebook and go on their blog and write stuff. And I was like, I was like, I gotta get up early. I'm like, I gotta get up early because we gotta go to the park. But I gotta get up early and do all these blogs and everything. And like, there I am, like, waiting online. And I'm like, trying to like do all the blogs on like my iPhone (laughs) and like send them and everything. So, but like, while I was in Disney. And then a couple of days after, actually, when we came home, um, I actually took over the Facebook page for like two hours. It was like a lunchtime chat, and people were writing to me and like, oh, this is great. I'm so happy that I love this character. I'm glad to see where it's gonna go. Why didn't John write it? No. Uh, (laughs) That did happen, though. It's like, why didn't
0: he write it? Actually, so I have... It's very interesting. uh, There's um, there's a review, which is a really great review, uh, that I thought I would read and give you a chance to actually finish your ice cream. Okay, thank you. Um, The review was, uh, for me, uh, it caught my attention because it was a five-star review, but then in the the description, (laughs) the reviewer wrote Mm 4.5. So I don't know which way, but either way, that's a really good review out of five stars. I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. But Julie writes, this really was beyond what I expected. We got very little of Robbie's voice in 151 days. 51. Uh, but there um, was never a time when I read this that I looked down at my book and thought, is this Robbie? This was beautifully portrayed, witty, and heartbreaking, and ultimately so in keeping with the character we have grown to love. A satisfied reader, all writers should be so fortunate. And it's not just Julie that's sold on Rob's writing. Dream Spinner wants him back for round two, a book he's currently writing with his friend, John Good. Turns out, someone writes pretty well under pressure. Do you write every day? Do you have specific times? I I
1: try. No, no specific times. Much like my writing in general, I am very here, there, and everywhere whenever I whenever I get a chance. If I'm something always pops in my jealous hand, of
0: people that are, that are structured enough that they can say, I pretty much write every day because oh, yeah, I no, do not. Yeah. No, I, I want to. I, I, I would so like I. to be able to say so that I'm that what? person, but I am not
1: that I said, there's a marathon of something. <laughs> like, ooh, look, repeats of Dynasty <laughs> that are 20 and a half years old. Who cares? I'll Why watch? not? Why not? Who cares? But it's great. But a lot of the times, it's just an idea will pop or a conversation between two characters will pop in my head, and which is a lot of what happened during um, writing this one, that I could be taking a shower, I could be washing the dishes, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what, that would be really good. And then I would have to stop and then, well, dry off, and then go to the computer, and or if I even had, like, a... Because I had a notepad, one of those old-school spiral notebooks, that I would just write lines down, or write... Um, a sassy comeback or I would write just like, do you start off there? writing? I mean, because I some people longhand hand it. I did. I did. Do you I still did. do that?
0: Mm-hmm. So you longhand it first yep. and then you start transposing. Yeah. Because, um, you know, but yeah, I
1: would longhand it and I would have spiral notebooks of written out stuff. Sometimes, you know, I can just sit at the computer and just go, but other times I can't because I don't even, always have access to a computer. So I like doing the longhand. I'm old school like that. It's weird. Okay. I like the scribbles. I like the this, and I have arrows that I have in the margin. I'm like, no, this goes here instead. So yeah, it's one of those. It's weird, but
0: I I like doing the long hand kind of. And then, do stuff. you approach the 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 structure? Do you outline it in advance? Like, do you think it through, or do you kind of just by the seat of your pants? Oh, seat of my pants! It is like so skitsy. It's not even funny. So skitsy. It's not even funny, huh? Well, I think it's time to see Rob's seat-of-the-pants skills at work. It seems debut authors have a sweet tooth for chocolate chip cookie dough, as this marks its third appearance on the program. Let's see how Rob does. Describe for the person who has never eaten cookie dough what cookie dough tastes like. What is this experience right now? (laughs) What kind of communist person? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um you person oh in Russia who has not had Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> First of all, how sorry for you. Exactly. exactly. I thought when the iron curtain fell exactly. that Ben and Jerry's dough. became accessible. This creamy, delicious.
1: Non salmonella forming cookie dough ice cream, which is what unfortunately what usually does happen with cookie dough in general. Um it's creamy, it's delicious. Then you get those little pieces of the cookie dough and it's like mmm,
0: like look. ugh. Soft and delicious and wow, turning into way sexual. What prompt? <laughs> this will be the N C seventeen version of the podcast. Sorry. So no, that's totally fine. Thank you for helping me reach a new audience. Um You're welcome. First of all, with a disclaimer.
1: Yes, it'll
0: be the first parental warning coming with the podcast. Download. Tell me what they come in. How did Rob respond to the challenge? By describing the components of this specific flavor of ice cream. Cookie dough chunks, creamy. These are things we can see and taste. Now, what if he had more time to collect his thoughts? All right. So let oh, me right. give you let me give you what this is about. So I am giving to all of the guests uh, mm-hmm. the same visual prompt, and then I'm giving them five minutes oh, crap. to write what I'm asking to be a complete <laughs> moment. So it doesn't have to be a whole elaborate story. Um, and we're going to talk about like how you found that moment and kind of how you wrote this little thing. Here's the image. That is your writing prompt. So I'm going to put five minutes on the clock. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, five minutes on the clock. What's going on in that picture yes. right now? Uh, so I'm holding. Can you put five minutes on yeah, the clock? Yeah. You got okay. it. All right. Okay. Jane's on it. Well, Jane's- Jane. 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 Jane.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Ready? Okay,
0: go. Yep. <laughs> okay. No idea what So, this is exciting. All right, so what was the first line? The first line was,
1: the senior class of Rothquad thought they finally were able to finish their life-size Hot Wheels
0: track. Love it. All right, and the last line.
1: The woman turned to her husband and said, I'll never get modern art.
0: <laughs> so talk <laughs> the to us is awful talk to us about I don't think so I think to get from there to there we got some pretty good stuff in there talk to us about the journey that you took how did you approach it did you start with the ending the beginning like what how did you get through this little prompt well the picture that you showed me I was like literally
1: what the hell is that
0: and I was like okay
1: well that looks like it could be part of a Hot Wheels track so I was like alright let's see alright so some weird kind of college boys i just like went through like all right we have to have some sort of why are people looking up at this who's looking up at it and um why this would actually happen and i was just
0: like all right here we go listener we're not sharing the visual prompt with you until the end of the season so i want to be clear on how rob approached this he needed to understand the world of the picture before that pen started moving the subject of the picture needed to make sense and once it did the story came, and in a way, that was surprisingly linear for this skitzy writer, opening line leading straight through to closing line. You know, part of this whole podcast series yeah. is is my trying to figure out how to get to where you are, really. Mm-hmm. I I wish to throw you down the stairs and take your job, Is if I'm just being totally okay, open about right what on. I'm looking for. Um, it's gonna be really awkward now if you do trip down the stairs as we're leaving here. As I turn, there's a sign on the thing that says it ends now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. It ends now. Wow. There are so many people that want to be a writer. Sure. So sitting here, having gotten your first debut novel out, um, do you have any advice on what it takes to be a writer? Um, well, I said this to,
1: um certain people, because it has been said to me, and I've kind of interpreted it my own way, you have got to have a beyond thick skin when it comes to certain things. And especially when you're putting yourself out there and you're putting your art out there, because it's really your art. I mean, writing, acting, anything, directing, painting, whatever. Um, it is your art, and you're going to get criticized. Good and bad. You have to have a thick skin. You have to be able to not only take the good praise and the criticism, the good criticism, because criticism can be good or bad depending on how you interpret it, um, or unless they just write, you suck. Um, then it's like, hmm, I wonder what they were thinking when they wrote that. But you have to have that thick skin and do what you got to do and make people happy, damn it. Make people happy, damn it. Make
0: people happy, damn it. Robert Hallowell, an author who spun his love of fairy tales into his own fairy tale ending a published ending, by Dream Spinner Press, whose motto, by the way, is Where Dreams Come True. They certainly have for Rob. But how do we get these books to move? Is it really possible for a debut author from a small house to get noticed in a big way? That's next time on Writers, Ice Cream and a New York Times bestseller with Judy Mandel.
1: To see my signature, it was weird. What? My dad got a copy of the book. He's like, "Can you sign it?" I'm like, "Why?" I like, Lera, Dad, love your son. Thanks for buying my book. Thanks for buying my book. No, I really, I gave it to you, but that's fine. There you go.
0: Um, <laughs> didn't even buy it. Didn't even Thanks buy for it. That. Thanks Thanks for that. that. Thanks, so meh.
1: Every sale counts. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay for not things. paying for itself right yeah. now. Mortgage, you know.